All right. Hey there, all you sports fans. Welcome to Second City Sports Zoom style right here on Zoom. Um, it's snowing where we are here in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> there's snow on the roof. There's no snow on the sidewalks there, Sid, but uh, it's been a weird weather all, all week. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, like you said, it, it's, it's still Chicago, even though we still have in the stay at home order phase. Hopefully, we're in the middle towards the end of the last stage, but we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But outside of that, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, it's still Chicago. It's still April, even though we all say watch out for the signs, but still, you know, you got to abide by the law. You know, I, I know not too many people out there on the road, so I think that's what makes it, uh, which makes the traffic not bad today. Uh, real quick before we jump into the show, did you check out that uh, accident on the Kennedy Expressway? Yeah, I saw that, that day? bottleneck. Yeah, that's crazy. That, I know. People, I, I, I know, I assume that most of those people are essential workers like I am, so yeah. well, I'll leave that part alone. But still, in slick conditions like this, slow down. It, yeah, it, I don't know. I, I, I can't stress that enough. And the, the stuff that I saw on the news, you, you, obviously it was the aftermath, but I it, it it was just a mess. I was like, thank goodness that I work at night and I had to deal with that first of all. And second of all, uh, thank goodness it wasn't any serious injuries that, from what I've heard and and, and saw. So, uh, I, you know, things could have turned out much worse. But people out there, just please be careful in weather like this. I know our, uh, um, I'm sure our listeners and viewers down, down in the south region are experiencing some tornadoes. So, we're praying for you there. Hopefully yeah. that things turn out okay. I know in the Rocky Mountains they're getting like ten inches of snow. So I know I know it's springtime. The weather uh, is is crazy out there, but please be careful, please. Yeah, I 100% agree because the, the weather has been sort of all haywire right now all over the country, mm -hmm. especially with this pandemic still going on. It's crazy. So let's get to it. Talks, you know, let's start off with some NFL draft. The draft is next week, believe it or not, folks. And if you look at all the mock drafts, I mean, there is some agreement on who the top top pick's gonna be. It's gonna be Joe Burrow from LSU. No shock they're going to Cincy. Also, Chase Young's going to Washington. That that seems to be kind of consistent there too. The third pick though is interesting because I've heard some people say maybe. Jeff Aguda, Chase's teammate from Ohio State, who's a cornerback, another talented cornerback in the secondary, you know, won a lot of national awards, was a, a first-team All-American, All-Big Ten, although there are some that might be some other players coming up. Also, Isaiah Simmons and they have been flown around, perhaps maybe for Detroit. There has actually been a, a report saying that they may trade the pick. So what do you think about some of these scenarios, Sid? Uh, like you said, this time of year, as we call it, lying season, number one, no <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> number two, like I said, anything's possible in terms of trades uh, Trades right now. I know we're in, in a special uh, situation right now, so I don't know how transactions are going to work out should there be any uh, huge uh, transactions on draft night. But, you know, like you said, anything can happen. Detroit, they sit at the number four pick, I believe. I don't have it in front of yep. me, but. But uh, they need just about everything, you know. They they carry on. Johnson's still good at the running back position, but you always upgrade there. They need a couple of defensive linemen. Uh, they started off hot last year, but towards the end of the season, they had injuries and they couldn't rush the quarterback. So they 
they, they need a, uh, at least one primetime pass rusher there. The interesting thing is for Washington, like you said, they'll probably end up picking Chase Young. He's the, as I said before on the show, he's the best defensive player overall in this draft. I know he was up for the Heisman, but uh, uh, because of competition that was better than the, him, he did win it. But I like what Washington is doing. We talked about it before in the last few weeks. Lakina head coach Ron Rivera is over there now from Carolina. And he has a lot of saying player personnel. So if Washington can get that quarterback uh, position right, like, like we said, we hit uh, Kyle Allen's over there now competing for Dwayne Haskins. If they can upgrade there, fine. But as of right now, those two uh, players will be um, fighting out for the number one QB spot. But if Washington, which their defense is not that bad, but no. Chase Young, assuming they select him, it will be that much better. But I want to see how they, they need uh, – this is the year of the wide receiver. It's very deep from what I've been reading here about the wide receiver position. There's a bunch of guys you can go get. Can you name a, a, a number one wide receiver right now for Washington? Offhand? I can't. Nope. No, uh, I, don't they think, can get a, I don't think anybody can. can get a, yeah, if you can get a sub wide receiver to help out whoever the quarterback's going to be, I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to be interesting to see what what Detroit does. I mean, I know they're kind of like you know fooling around like like, like a carrot carrot in front of an animal. Like, hey, you know, we got mm-hmm. another three pick. We want to trade down. Anybody want to? Anybody? Any takers? So interested to see what what happens there. Um, Isaiah Simmons is a name that's being floating around too. Again, one of the top linebackers from Clemson. That's a name that's being thrown around. Perhaps maybe. You know, someone that maybe could go top five, maybe could go to Detroit, maybe, or maybe could go to go to uh, New York, I should say. The Giants, they're having a lot of interest in him. Um, the, the Chargers may may like him very much as well. I think it's sort of one of those seesaw battles here for that top those top five spots. Uh, one player that's been sort of stock is rising, Justin Herbert. There are some that say that he may end up being the top quarterback taken and not Tua. And you know Miami's looked at him. I know lots of the Chargers have looked at him as as well, supposedly, allegedly. So what do you think about that prospect? <laughs> I would not be surprised if Herbert goes first before Tua in term, uh, terms of the next quarterback. We like you said, um, Burrow is going number one to Cincinnati. But Herbert, you know, he playing that uh, almost pro style offense, the high scoring offense at Oregon. Tua, uh, he has the athletic ability, but, you know, the injury history is a question. And, uh, and I understand why himself, along with his camp, are answering questions. Well, he's healthy enough to play because he wants that first round money. Let's be honest here. If he mm-hmm. drops in the second or third, third, third round, it'll be even worse. But if he drops into the late first round, early second round, he's not going to get uh, that, that much uh, guaranteed money as he would if he was a top five, top ten pick. So that's why Tua has been – Pumping up his stocks, like, hey, I'm fine. Having these uh, Zoom video workouts because, yeah, you know, that, that it's a legitimate question: Can you stay healthy for uh, for an entire season? Now, Herbert, I kind of get that strange feeling that he may go to the Chargers if not Jordan Love may be selected there. But I, but I think you can say pretty much that the Chargers are going to select a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially it look like they're not going to try to pursue Cam Newton, so it looks like they are going to take mm-hmm. a quarterback. With that pick, will it be Herbert? Will it be Tua? I mean, that that's a question that we'll we'll find out next week. Um, Derek Brown is another name that's being floated around. I've seen them go as high as three to Detroit. Again, should they stay there? I see them go maybe like right within that that top ten range where Cleveland is, and maybe perhaps even Arizona. 
What do you think about Derrick Brown from Auburn? Yeah, like you said, he's one of those on-time players that he can make a difference for a team. Uh, he can be selective, like you said, from three to ten. Uh, if he drops any further, uh, another team like I forgot who else is down there, like a Jacksonville, yep. uh, may may be lucky to, to if they have if he's sitting at their spot to to pick him up. One thing, quick by Jacksonville, Lakina. I know this is kind of off topic, but I was I was watching uh, Sports Center before we uh, came on today. And uh, Leonard Fournette is campaigning to for the Jacksonville to pick up Cam Newton, and I said, <laughs> okay, I get where he's going, but do you really think that Cam Newton fits that team in Jacksonville? That team is kind of in transition now. This was like two years ago, three years ago, right. when they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I can see that, but right now, I, I, Jacksonville is not a competitive team. They're just not, and you can see that roster has been turned over the last two years ever since that championship loss to the New England Patriots. I just, I just don't see Cam Newton working out with that team. Now you got DJ Shark as your number one wide receiver. Okay, D.D. Westbrook is coming on slowly, but Elena Fournette, I know he had a decent bounce back here last year, but he's been injury prone. He had a couple of issues off the field right. uh, his first two years. But outside of that, you really don't have anything. They got rid of their aging veterans on defense, so. You have to go young there, mainly because of age and salary cap. So, you know, we all know that NFL, you know, a team like that could turn around in a year. But do you really trust Jacksonville right now? I don't. Jackson, if like you said, this was two years ago. I could probably see them maybe perhaps go Camden going there. But I think Cam's going to want to go to a place where a he has a chance to start and two where he probably be a contender. I don't think he wants to go to Jacksonville, right? Like you said, where. They basically have to start from scratch. I mean, they may take a tackle with that seventh, with that ninth pick. I'm, I should say, like, you know, Beckton is a name that from Louisville has never been floating around. Also, Tristan Werps, who I'm a big fan of. You know, they always, you know, they always do their thing with O-Lyman over in Iowa. So I, I don't see that happening. I think it's a little bit, I think that's a little wishful thinking on, on Fournette's part. <laughs> but uh, again, we'll see there. Um, I'm glad you did mention Jordan Love because some people said he go, should, could go top 10, but then I saw something this week that maybe they're probably trying to get an heir apparent to Drew Brees, so I think he may have gone to New Orleans in that 20, 20, 22-24 range. So it's interesting to see what, what's going to happen with Jordan Love because there are some that say that maybe he probably should have stayed in college, maybe he could have benefited for another year in college. I don't know, but who who else like is like a, like a player that's that's not being mentioned that could be, be a star in this draft? I saw something. Um, I read something this morning before we recorded, um, and I've been pumping this guy up for for the, the definitely the last about three weeks uh, of the college college season. Now was a uh, running back out of Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins. I want to see which team he goes to because, as I said, as I said during the season, he could play on Sundays and. If you guys uh, haven't checked him out, please check out his highlights on YouTube, especially in the game against Michigan, where he really tore up that very good Michigan Wolverine defense. But he's been he he's been doing it all year, so I want to see which team picks him up. There's a few teams that could pick him up. Pick him up. New England can, but Baltimore can do that. I know they had Mark Ingram last year, but do you really expect them to do that? Do that again? I'm not sure. But Tampa Bay, if they're smart, if he falls around their position. They need a running back. Do you trust Jones? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jacob is a name that's being flown around. I know that that's not like Chase Young, like, lobbying for him to pass maybe the yeah, top real quick, yeah, yeah, real quickly, Kina. Green Bay needs a running back. Yep. He can oh, get yeah. There. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm thinking that maybe, you know, Dobbins is a name that's an intriguing name. So yeah, it, it, listen, I mean, I love the fact that Chase Young's Vladimir first, his guy, his teammate. So I've seen some people say that maybe he could he go maybe to the first round or could he be maybe a potential steal there? I've seen I've also seen some places where he could probably be an early second round. So like I look listen, it's gonna be interesting to see where he goes because he would be a big a great fit for someone's offense. So, yeah, I really think there's nothing that's being floated around there. Uh, Clavon Chasen, that's another name that's being, people are floating that name around as well. That could go late, late first round. He's an edge rusher from LSU. I, I, listen, for me, I, I think he would be a good fit maybe somewhere. There's another name that's being floating around too as well. Um, Austin Jackson from USC, that's another name that's being floated around. Who's a tackle there? That could be a, definitely a big a big boost for, for somebody. Also, Xavier McKinney, a safety from Alabama, from that, from that Nick Saban tree of secondary guys from Alabama. So there is a lot of news that are floating around that we'll be, we'll be seeing, well, not see, but we'll be hearing and seeing mm -hmm. via Zoom like we're doing for next week's drafts. Don't cut out. Don't cut out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, like that's the thing that could be concerning for a lot of people is that not just the hacking, like we mentioned it last week with John Harbaugh saying that that's what that's really his concern, mm -hmm. but also you know, like you know, what if someone's Wi-Fi is all all weird and they're not maybe they don't live like in an area where there's not a lot of good bandwidth, so that might be an issue there. So the next week's gonna be interesting. This whole week, next week is you know starting next Thursday on, on through Saturday because. It'll be interesting to see what it's gonna be like some looper material. It's gonna be like some social media <laughs> viralness will be going here. So I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, just because the situation we're in, like you mentioned, Lakina, that's gonna be really the big storyline. Not the players, but the storylines are uh, what happens if something goes wrong, when it goes wrong, how does the league handle it, how those individual teams handle it? Because we've never been in this situation before, or hopefully we'll never be in this situation again. But how would the league and these individual teams handle it should something go wrong? So it's going to be interesting to, to see that. But like you said, Lakina, even though we, uh, we're we missing life sports right now, we'll dive into that topic a little bit deeper later. But it's going to be the highest-rated NFL draft probably of all time because we're all stuck at home. And for the first time in a long time, if not ever, it's not going to be about the players, but what it, but instead what potentially can go wrong. This, yeah, I think people are going to be watching for that. I think that's going to be why a lot of people are going to be tuning in. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people are going to be tuning in for that reason to see if there's going to be like any slip ups mm -hmm. or hiccups or, you know, someone misses their deadline of one, you know, sending the pick to Goodell from his basement or emailing it or texting or how they're going to do how they're going to do it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a very fascinating draft. Now, I'm sure a lot of Bears fans are going to be listening to this are going to be wondering, okay, what do the Bears do? Well, the Bears, they don't have a pick until the second round. They got two second rounders. Mm -hmm. There are some that are saying that maybe that the Bears should perhaps maybe go for a quarterback. Jake Fromm, Jalen Hurts. I mean, those are some names being flown around there. So what do you think the Bears do at number with their two second round picks? Uh, here's what they should do. You need an offensive lineman. I don't know if you're going to take an offensive lineman uh, with, all, with one of those second round picks. You need a tight end. I forgot his name, but the, the, the kid from Notre Dame is, is ranked very high. So I will take a look at him. I don't know if he had the, uh, the, uh, the list in front of you. Um, they definitely uh -huh. need a wide receiver, especially with the 
uh, with the release of Taylor Gabriel in the struggles of a second-year guy, Anthony Miller, because of injury. So they need a number one wide receiver. And also, too, Allen Robinson is asking for a contract extension because he's going to be a free agent after 2020. So you had to prepare yourself for that right there just in case he leaves. So you need a, a, a couple of wide receivers. But, but like you said, Lakina, the Bears, it, given their history, they never do the right thing. They always do the safe thing. I would not be surprised if they selected a quarterback with one of those second-round picks. Should they do it? No. Will they do it? Let's just say I won't be surprised if that happens. I mean, listen, listen. I, I look. I know some people are like, you know, maybe a, a wide receiver for uh for the Bears. I mean, maybe get that second receiver to kind of compliment Allen Robinson. You know, T. Higgins is a game out of them hearing maybe for the Bears. Uh, but you gotta wonder that is he gonna be a late first rounder? Uh, Chase Claypool. That's who you're talking about. For Notre Dame, that's a name that yeah, I really like him. I mean, that's a name that's being floated around too, perhaps for the Bears. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. There are no excuses here for Ryan Pace in this draft because this is really like a make or break, especially if you're talking about still, you know, being in contention for a playoff spot, perhaps maybe for the the North. They're gonna. Ha- he can't. He can't really make any mistakes here. Now, would I be surprised if they do decide to go? Is I do go with the quarterback, it wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, do you really trust Foles? Is he not gonna revert back to last year before he got hurt, or is Mitch Trubisky still not gonna get the message and is still not gonna be able to be able to uh, you know do do good in that offense for the, the third year? I mean, there are no excuses now. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what they do here because they've got two second rounders. I've heard some rumors. I mean, they may trade one to kind of get up in that that early second round range. So I don't know what the Bears will decide to do. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Also, let's be honest here. With the release of Leonard Floyd, I think they resigned Kirokowski, correct? Uh, yeah. As I read right somewhere, they resigned yeah. him. So that was key. You and know, Robinson Harris, yeah. Yeah, Robinson Harris, yeah. He's really good as well. So I'm glad they got those two guys back. But you still need a pass rusher. Now, they're solid as far as the interior up the middle with uh, Eddie Goldman, but they still need an outside pass rusher because to replace Floyd. So, and they, also, they resigned the linebacker, Danny Trebathan, back. Yep. So they brought him back. Yep. But, you need a, you, but you need a pass rusher. And they were, they were good uh, the last couple of years while their defense was the top a couple of years ago and then around the top five again uh, last year. So, uh, you can't get enough pass rushers, so uh, I expect to see Ryan Pace uh, see what you do with those later round picks to hopefully get a pass rush up in here that they can make an immediate impact. Don't you think maybe they should go maybe O line than one of those second round picks? You think? You would think, but uh, I know conventional Winslow says you can't go, uh, you can't pick an offensive lineman that high unless he's in the in the top three, top five, but. If that offensive lineman is there, if he, if he's who you want, then go after it because, like we mentioned before, they need all line help. Was it as bad as it was in 2018? Obviously not, but it wasn't. A, it wasn't the old line play wasn't as great as 2018, but it wasn't as bad as I thought that people were making it out to be either. Because let's be honest, they had, they had a few injuries and the people were shoveling in and out of position, so you know it did not make it for a great year last year. But I don't think it was as bad as people made it out to be, but. With that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if they selected a top offensive lineman with one of those second-round picks, assuming that they don't trade it. 
Which is what I can see them doing. I can see them probably print maybe trade one of those picks, like I said, to get to like that, because they're they're set that their first second round pick is like right in the middle. So I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they try to maybe trade up to get to that early second round, and they probably won't get get to like the late first round, but maybe get to that second round, maybe get that player that they want. I don't know if they're gonna go quarterback with those one of those two rounds. I know some people said that they should. They may wait till later on in the draft. But it's sort of one of those things where this this draft is definitely make or break for for Ryan Pace. Yeah, as we mentioned before, uh, you know, they they made the playoffs two years ago. Last year, a disappointing eight uh-huh. season. Jobs are on the line, even though they have one year remaining on their contracts uh, after this com- upcoming season. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, how he performs, will determine the futures of both head coach Matt Nagy and GM Ryan Pace. Yeah, I mean, this is listen. This, this whole, like I said, this whole next week's gonna be fascinating because I, I really want to see like who, who are gonna, who's gonna make that pick. You're like, what the hell are y'all doing? Uh, and then you're gonna have another one that said, oh, you know, that might be a steal there. So it'll be interesting to see how how all this goes, especially with the way they're doing it, with the Zoom style, with the fact that you know, no fair hugs from you know, from the little players <laughs> around Goodell. And, you know, you're not going to get, you know, like high fives and they're not going to have all their family with them because of the social distancing thing. So, mm-hmm. listen, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rays are huge. It'll probably maybe, I don't know if it'll win like the night, but I think it'll win the night among the cable side of things. I don't know if ABC, I think ABC is going to be doing it yeah, too. Yeah, so they're they doing can, it too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, they, so, yeah, so it'll probably so, yeah. be right there for that. Yeah, so what, what, what anything else, you're, any surprises that you're looking forward to? Well, repeat that question one more time. Any other like like surprises or storylines you're looking forward to? Uh, just a couple more teams that I'm looking forward to see what they can do. The Las Vegas Raiders. Now, will they be one of those teams that they'll select a quarterback to maybe push Derek Carr out? You know, John Bruni, he has that love-hate tag and relationship with Derek Carr, although Derek Carr did do a little bit better last year than he did the previous year. Um, will John Groom find that diamond and rough as far as the quarterback position is concerned? We shall see. I want to see what the what the Denver Broncos do. Will they still stick with Drew Locke at quarterback? Will they uh, upgrade there? Will they continue to upgrade their defense with now second-year head coach Vic Fangio? So I'm interested to see what they do there. I want to see, as I think one of the teams you mentioned earlier, Lakina, the New York Giants. I want to see what they, they can do. Um, they need offensive line help. It's been terrible the last two, three years. Yeah. Uh, they have some comparable wide receivers in Darius Slayton. Uh, Darius Slayton, but uh, is he a number one guy? I don't think so. They need a number one wide receiver, as we mentioned before. This is the year for the wide receiver, so will they be able to get uh, the impact wide receiver to complement now second-year quarterback Daniel Jones? We shall see. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what some of these names that you just mentioned go. Um it's sort of one of those things where you're like, there's so many, so many, you know, things to look forward to. You've got so many unanswered questions. you got so many, you know, players and also with the uncertainty of everything that's been going on. Now you've got, you know, teams got to go ahead and now do virtual work- workouts. They're voluntary. So the basis of this is this is like voluntary mini camp, if you will. So what do you think about that? that concept and that how do you think that are all the players going to be for this or you know are there going to be some holdouts 
Yeah, it may be some hold downs. I don't know what the exact rules are in terms of that. And like I said, we're, we're in a, a, a specific, uh, unique situation here. But uh, as a former uh, NFL wide receiver, Keyshawn Johnson said once, "I'll take the, I'll take the volunt- voluntary mandatory, not the, not the voluntary, but the voluntary mandatory workout." So Ooh. I think the players should have that that mindset. If you have to be there, then you know, of course you have to be there, but. If this is just something just to have GMs to, to look at extra Zoom tape or what have you, if you really if you're not obligated to do it, you don't have to do it. No, you don't. It, it's 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 interesting because you know Jamal Adams, who is the talented corner from the Jets. You know they said that he's already said that he's not going to participate, and there's already word that maybe perhaps they might trade him. I mean, they were talking about trading him about halfway through last season, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a trade that might, that might happen. I'm sure, like, a lot of teams are going to be vying for his positioning. If they do decide to trade uh, Adams, what do you think is his, the best fit for him? Ooh, I was going to say I would like to see him with the Bears, but I don't know that's going to be possible. Let's be honest with you. Uh, let's be honest here. They, they had the chance to, to pick him up a few years ago, of course, they went with Mr. Trubisky with that first-round pick, which I have no gripes about it, but that's ancient history. We're not going to change that. But uh, there, there's a few teams that could use them. So, I, unfortunately, it won't be the Bears. I think the Rams could use them. But, you know, they're going through their salary cap issues right now. I don't know if you heard earlier this week, quarterback Jared Goff talking about, well, I'll take a pay cut to, to, keep the, to keep the Rams afloat. Yeah, good luck, buddy. But you need to improve your play, I'll, and I'll leave it at that. But – I, you know, Jamal Adams is one of the best young safeties in the league. Any team will uh, will have an upgrade uh, if they pick him up. Another team they, uh, I'm just throwing it out there, another team they, uh, I can see him at, and this is a young defense, uh, probably will be done. Uh, they'll probably not have J- uh, J- Davion Clowney, and that's Seattle. Ah. Especially looking at those wide receivers going up in that division minus the Rams. Hmm. Yeah, there, yeah, there's an interesting, uh, yeah, there's an interesting team there. I think Seattle. I think they have the they have the inventory to perhaps maybe pull off something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. The only highest paid player right now they have is the quarterback Russell Wilson. Yeah, so they got a lot of cap room there. I think mm-hmm. Baltimore might be another name that. Yeah. Another yeah. team that might because they they've got a lot of cap room too, and they've got a lot of picks so. They might be able to play ball, so that there was there are a couple of teams, especially contending teams, that could maybe buy for Jamal Adams services. Will the the Jets take the bait and actually get this right? We'll see. I mean, I, I mean, this, this is like this, like I said, this is like the second time, like the last six months they talked last. I would say eight months. I should say they talked about trading the guy. So I think I don't know that that should be a sign right there that maybe they may want to try to get rid of him. Who knows? But yeah, I I will. He would be a great in either a Ravens or a Seahawks uniform. Like I said, I don't think the Bears have enough capital. They may have to trade somebody from that little spot there. For one of those spots, so they may have to trade one of them to probably maybe get to Adams. I mean, the only way they can be able to make this trade to happen. So, but yeah, I mean, this could be another same thing. Thing we'll see. We'll see if also you know, also Cam Newton is still floating around on the market. Uh, I know for I know for that we just we just talked about a couple of minutes ago that he wants them to go to perhaps may go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if they'll be able to do that. I don't know if he's going to want to go there because, like you said, they're not in contention, so they may not he may not want to do that. Um, maybe the the Chargers, perhaps. 
maybe and I don't know. I, w- I would say the Bears too, but maybe a team friendly deal. I don't know. Where do you think Cam Newton perhaps? I thought he was going to end up with the Chargers, but it seems like they have no interest there. Like we said before, they'll probably end up taking the rookie quarterback, but I think Cam Newton is going to end up with the team. I, I still think he's going to get picked up, but uh, he may have to compete for a starting spot because most of the starting spots, especially for contingent teams, are already filled. But I, I think he may not have any. Uh, he may not have. He may not call his shot when it's all said and done. So he may be forced to go to Jacksonville unless somebody gets hurt between now and the start of training camp. If, assuming that he's still a free agent, but uh, if, if this if uh, right now, he may not have no other choice but to go to Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, you might be right about that because I, I think maybe it might be another one of those things where he may have may not have a choice, where he may maybe he'll mm-hmm. wait, maybe he'll wait it out and see if somebody decides, you know, if somebody gets hurt, like you said, if someone decides that you know maybe we may need to call someone, someone in, you know, keep mm-hmm. himself in shape, maybe perhaps I don't know, I mean. Maybe I still say New England might be not not be out of the question at this point. I know they've said that maybe they're not interested, but they haven't really closed the book on it. So we'll see what but happens. You know, Bill Belichick, he's a sneaky guy anyway, yeah. so you never know what he, what he's doing behind the scenes. But you know, even though they do have a GM, he has a lot of say in their room as far as player personnel is concerned. So I know he, he he's sticking with Brian uh, Brian Stenham, uh publicly, but like you say, he may have something in the works. You never know with him. Exactly. So before we wrap up this first part, um, anything else you're are you anything else you're looking forward to with this this sort of NFL draft Zoom style Google Hangout, however they're doing it? <laughs> I hate to say it, Lakina, I don't want to be that guy, but just like you said, we're looking for uh, potential disasters. Hopefully everything goes smoothly. First of all, uh, we all wish for that. But should should anything happen? Uh, how the NFL's going to handle it and how quickly do they handle it? Because if they don't, like the, this would be the technically the first live sporting event. You know, I, I don't count the NBA horse thing, horse competition as some <laughs> silly stuff. I haven't watched not a single minute of that. That if you want to talk about it, that's fine. If you watched it, but I'm not going to get into that. But this is uh, the first big event for the NFL since you know the the same home order that we're under right now. So. Like you said before, just looking forward to the bloopers, if there should there be any. But hopefully these will go smoothly and and we'll go on from there. Absolutely, same here. And we'll actually talk more about maybe perhaps maybe the return of sports, if you will, ever slowly but surely. We'll talk about that in the second part. We'll also talk about the Last Dance, you know, that documentary. There's a lot of hype about it. You know, ESPN just released a video, a five minute like teaser, if you will earlier this morning. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I remember the, the editor, the director um, said that he had to kind of like sort of like, you know, work a lot of long hours from his home because of the acceleration of the premiere of this. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk more about that. Uh, there'll be a lot of uh, secrets and not so secretive stuff that's going to be coming out there. Um, we'll also talk about uh, the, the NHL, how they're going to be I mean, perhaps doing things also MLB and also golf. Golf kind of making their first the first shot of perhaps getting back to playing tournaments. So we got a lot to talk about still. So we'll talk about it in, the, in our second part of the Second State Sports Zoom style right here on Zoom.
All right, folks, we're back with part two of our Second City Sports Zoom style. Uh, unfortunately, Jason couldn't join us today. Hopefully, he'll hopefully he'll join us soon. Like like we've been saying for the last couple weeks, he's been working hard, and you know some stuff has happened, and he had to make some other arrangements. But hopefully, we'll be able to he'll be joining us soon. Um, now, Dr. Fauci has been like the big star in all of this pandemic. Uh, coverage. I mean, you know, he's been around a long time. Uh, he's been, he was around during like the first Bush administration, probably, probably even like the, the second Reagan administration, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he's, he's, he's an expert in this. He's a big sports fan. He's a big Nationals fan. He said that he wants to go see the Nationals play this year. And he kind of laid out the sort of the, the groundwork, if you will, for sports perhaps come back. But in some cases, in a lot of cases, I should say, they may be without fans and that the players got to be sequestered. We've been talking about the last couple of weeks, Sid, about in like hotels, like one particular area, have testing every day to make sure that all the players and the coaches and the training staff are all, you know, all cleared for the COVID-19. So, and, you know, the, the PGA Tour has already revised their schedule. NFL, like, like we said in the first part, is doing Zoom workouts, virtual workouts for their, for their teams, um, and also some other thing, things that are, that are going on as well. So I, I even heard the Premier League thinking about maybe doing some things too to kind of keep their guys in shape also in the UEFA as well. So what do you think about all these ideas that are being floated around? Yeah, just like I said last week about the baseball playing eventually for those teams to stay in Arizona to play, uh, it all sounded good, but they couldn't leave the state of Arizona to uh, – especially you, when you have foreign players that are from other countries like Venezuela or Japan and in the Dominican Republic, especially, you know, some of those nations, unfortunately, are under, uh, you know, warfare right now. I'm not, I'm not going to see him being an expert about their politics and all that. That's not what it's about. But let's just say something happens to one of their family members there. They can't leave the state here in the United States, let alone leave the country, go back to their homeland. We don't know the restrictions are in their homeland. So, uh, that's why I kind of poo-pooed the idea last week as far as, like, everything was in, in line and order. I know it was just ideas thrown out there by baseball. It's just something just didn't feel right. Now, this time going around, I don't know if you, you saw it on social media earlier this week. Uh, I think it was uh, China or Japan. They started their – they tried to start back their baseball league. Chi- yeah, chi- man- I think both. Uh, they had mannequins in the stands. And so <laughs> I don't know if you want to try that here in the United States. States, but I, I, I'll, I'll say this, if, if the player's safety, safety is not protected, none of those athletes in our four major sports, including college, which we'll get to in a sec, um, sport, live sports should not return. You have to protect your players because they're your best assets, obviously, because of the, the amount of money they make outside of college. But if, if it's not a play in place for them to be protected, live sports should not come back. Now, as far as fans are concerned, now, me personally, being selfish a little bit, if let's just say the White Sox are coming back to play in, on the south side next week, will I be ready to go? Yes. Will I be cautious, though, because of the circumstances we are in? Yes. But if you don't have a plan to, to, to protect player sports, there should not be any live sports play. Now, as far as the fans are concerned, I don't, 
I, I think it's pretty much safe to say that you're not going to see 20,000, 40,000 people right away. Assuming, I still believe that baseball will be the first of the four major sports to come back. But uh, uh, do you think you're going to see 40 to 50,000 people at Wrigley? No. I think if you let fans back, it has to be a small amount because you got to test out to see what works, what does not work. But just bringing in a whole lot of fans right away, uh, I don't think you're going to see that right away. Well, like, like I said, I mean, they're going to do like kind of ease their way into it. I've, I've seen some scenarios where maybe have like people have like five or six rows apart and maybe like across like five or like six feet apart, like maybe like I guess five or six rows apart across. See, this is where Lathan Wythe come to mind. And I was never very good at that math. Math is part of math in school, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, I've seen those scenarios played out. I think they're gonna have to ease their way into it. I know that the PGA Tour has already said they're not gonna have any fans when they resume their their schedule. I've seen like like we said like when, in basketball, I've seen like an NBA where they may have constrict everybody in Vegas. We talked about it last week. Have a lot of people in Vegas, you know play there have all the hotels i mean the mayor of las vegas already said that he's he's willing to to welcome these a lot of these teams in so that they can perhaps maybe finish their season you know do what they need to do and have the testing and everything and as far as the baseball we talked about it last week said about maybe perhaps to have like maybe i don't know if they'll do mannequins but like i said like the stairs like i said just a minute ago with having like six feet of, of fans like across and and lengthwise so and up and down so yeah it's 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 gonna be very tricky i mean they're gonna have to be smart about this because like you said you gotta protect the the players they gotta take take the coaches and the you know personals training staff Mm -hmm. and you know and as far as the basketball so you're probably gonna have a lot of cheerleaders there either or the dance team so you're not gonna be able to have that so they're gonna have to be smart about this they're gonna have to all kind of get together with the player association and the league themselves and kind of figure out, okay, what's the best course of action here? And also too, will there be testing readily available? Should one of the players or personnel or foreign office person uh, test for the virus, will you have a test uh, readily available for them ASAP? Because if you don't, then there should be no way that these teams should be operating for a live sporting event right now. If they have testing uh, ready, ready to go, I'm all for it. You have an extra plan for for the players and the fans. I'm all for it. But if you, if you don't, those things don't go online. Uh, then there shouldn't be no plan for live sports right now. Am I eager for it to return like everybody else? Yes. But like you said, Lakini, you got to be careful to think this out. You can't just have stuff just fly against the wall, hoping that it works, you know, and just going by, by the seat of your pants. Oh, I wish this would work. Or let's just see if that works. Or let, I came up with a crazy idea. And you didn't think out all the other possible scenarios. You got to have a contingent plan that you're going to stick to and see that it works. And it's also going to be tricky too with, with baseball, especially because if you're going to sequester these teams, you, know, you get a lot of guys that have families, have young families. So a lot of them mm-hmm. are, you're not going to keep them sequestered from them for like three or four months. I mean, that, that's another thing I have to take into consideration too. Mm hmm. As I said last week, I didn't like that idea. Like I said, just in case something happens to one of their children and one of their family members, let's just say they can't fly out, or like some of these foreign players, they can't fly back to their country. We don't know what their restrictions are over there in those countries, but just in case something happens, they can't get over there. They can get out the state, but they can't get over to their own countries. 
what are they going to do about that? Could they work out a deal with their government over there, over in those other countries? We're not sure. So they have to think this out carefully. And then college is going to be the trickiest part because we've seen, I think there were a couple of, I know, I know Cincinnati, um, they've cut their men's soccer team. And I know there have been a couple other schools that have cut their sports. So they're going to, college is going to have to be very smart. I know we, I know we talked about last week, Mike Gundy, who's an Oklahoma State football coach, says, hey, listen, we got to get our guys back, mm -hmm. you know, guys back, you know, training and whatnot. But I think you also got to be smart in that respect, too, because you, they're already, some of these colleges are already talking about perhaps they're not even opening until next spring, meaning spring of next year. So for what you said, Sid, I mean, you wonder that, are they going to have to be treated like essential employees, if you will? Because they're all there's already this thing about perhaps maybe are they going to pay the players? Well, the players have a trump card now. You want these guys to come back and you know mm -hmm. start playing football or volleyball or soccer or basketball, whatever. You're going to have to kind of like okay, you're going to have to listen. You have to do the same thing. And I think it needs to kind of figure this out with the conferences. I know that some of the conference officials. I know uh, Jeff Bowlesby, who's the the comms commissioner at the Big 12 said, listen, our, they're, they're students first and foremost. But at the mm -hmm. same time, though, the football teams especially are bringing in a lot of money for those Olympic non-revenue you know, non like revenue sports. And you already see that some schools have already said, like, like I said with Cincinnati, they cut their men's soccer team. This is going to be happening more and more, so you're going to have to think of something. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And we, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, about the economics of sports, especially let's deal with college sports, in particular college football. And there, many of these campuses there are in rural areas and in, in stadiums as well. And so, and they bring in a whole lot of money, especially for people from out of town. Let's just say we go to see Northwestern, not Northwestern, good grief. Let's <laughs> think of a better team. Let's just say Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State. They was playing in a big house. Uh, last year, okay, that's uh, over 110,000 people in that state, both Michigan and Ohio State fans. You know how much money that 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 stadium makes, which the, those restaurants and those hotels make. If you choose to stay over the weekend, they make a lot of money. And let's just say you drive up up to uh, that to the big house for the day of the game. Okay, you get your gas there. You pick up something to eat. You buy souvenirs if you have enough for it. Just for that one day alone, that school, the University of Michigan and that town of Ann Arbor makes a boatload of money. So like you said, Lakeena, they're going to have to uh, treat those students first, those student athletes as essential em employees because we all know that under the rule right now, they cannot get, technically, they cannot get paid, but they make a whole lot of money, not only for the university, but for those towns as well. So I now, if it was up to me, if I had to make a prediction, will college football start on time? I think they will, but this is something, these issues you have to iron out right now. And I think they'll have to take their cue, they'll have to take their cue soon that baseball starts first as far as the four majors. Sports are concerned, limited amount of fans because those stadiums, as I mentioned, just like the big house in Michigan, for example, they hold over 110,000 people. Most of these college stadiums hold between 40,000, 50,000, 70,000 people. That's a lot of money coming into to that uh, uh, to that uh, campus for that stadium just for that one Saturday. Look at University of Alabama. I just used for another example. You know how many millions they, millions they made just off that one game for one Saturday. So to jumpstart the economy, you kind of need you do need professional. Uh, sorry, college football. But just like we talked about with baseball, uh, like you know, if you don't have a contingency plan, 
for those student athletes, it, it shouldn't go on. But I heard someone say this the other day, and I agree with this uh, this person. If, you, if you're not going to allow students back on campus for the fall, but you're going to let the college athletes play, call me crazy, but there's something wrong with that. But if you let both come on campus to start the fall, and you have a contingency plan and you stick to it, there should be no problem right college football should start on time in late August. Plus, you're dealing with a lot of, like, 70 to 80 guys, so that's a lot of guys going to have to mm -hmm. sequester. So, and also, yeah. you know, bringing in the students, too. I mean, and w what about the men's and women's soccer teams? And what about the vol the women's volleyball yeah. team? I mean, those, those, those you know, those uh those uh teams are are starting going in in the fall too. Where do you, where do you put them? So this is something the NCAA needs to think about. They need to they need to get together with these conferences and all the divisions and figure out okay what can we do here? What okay if we want to get these guys back in the fall, what are we gonna do? I mean, are we gonna have to treat these people like essential employees basically because for like you said, Sid, you know college football if you if you're fortunate to have a lot of you know a college football team. That's key. That brings in a lot of money, even in that turn of lower divisions as well. So mm -hmm. that brings in a lot of revenue, and that's revenue you're not going to get. So I would say maybe perhaps they're going to have to think about what they're going to have to do here, because I think all the conferences are have to kind of like you know form a task force and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what you know get these get these guys training, and because they missed out on spring football, yeah. they're missing and, out. And, so. Yeah, and spring football uh, brings in a lot of money just for that one day. When yep. you let the fans just watch basically a, a scrimmage. Yep. So, yeah, it's definitely something they're going to have to think about because I know the NCAA doesn't want to treat these guys and, and gals like essential employees, but they're not going to have a choice because especially if for a lot of these areas, these college towns, that's where they make their money, mm -hmm. you're going to have to think of something. All right. And speaking of, speaking of, he kind of came up with this a trend. Jalen Green, who's one of the top prospects, who was actually committed to play for Juwan Howard at Michigan. He's a basketball player, but has opted to go to the G League instead. Now, what do you think about that news? And now we're going to be, are we going to start seeing like this happening with a lot of the top seniors, high school basketball players going to the G League, if, if not to the NBA? I think you're going to start to see that happen because. Uh, as, as the old saying goes, I know some people don't want to hear this, but college is not for everybody. And let's be honest, with, with their top blue chip recruits, they only go into college one year because of the one and done rule in the NBA, which hopefully their rule is going to be done by the, certainly by the next time the collective bargaining agreement and stuff. I think it's going to be up in about a year or two. But uh, this, this is a great option. Will everybody get that benefit? I don't know because it's only so, there's only so many spots for a select few, but it's, it's another option. The difference is they're not going to get called up to the uh, in the NBA team because obviously they, they haven't been drafted by an NBA team and the rules are they can't play for an NBA team. They just play for that selected team to get paid $500,000. But it's another great option if that young uh, person doesn't, that young uh, ball player does not want to go to college. And it's a, a great training uh, site to, to see if they can play in the NBA. Hopefully they'll have the right people around and uh, tell them how to, how, not just how to conduct themselves on the court, but off the court as well. You know, managing your finances. This is what it takes to make it into the league, but take care of your business off the floor as well. So hopefully it's going to be a good training ground for those young men, most, not just for on the court, but off the, off the court as well. Yeah, another Isaiah Todd was another prospect. He was, he was supposed to go to Michigan. He decommitted from there and has decided to go with the G League team in Los Angeles, where he's from. So, 
I'm kind of afraid that I don't know if we're only gonna probably gonna see like the top draft top you know top guys that probably would be better off not going to college anyway perhaps maybe go to maybe the G League I don't want it to be like a situation where you end up being like a Sebastian Telfair or you know somebody like that or Kwame mm -hmm. Brown who probably could have benefited from going to college but I'm glad that they have a, an avenue now where the G League, you know, they're making more money in the G League now. They're making about half a million dollars now. You could probably make even make more in the playoffs. The TV contracts are pretty good too, are getting better. So that is a nice little avenue for them. But I am a little worried about what's going to happen with college hoops because, you know, you're seeing like these, you know, the Duke of Kentuckys, you know, they benefited from these one and dones. But, the, mm -hmm. but also at the same time, though, they're not, they're, not gonna, they're, not, they're not gonna be going to these schools and you're kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place. You're Coach Cal or Coach K and some of these other top coaches. And let's be honest too, the play of college basketball hasn't always been the greatest over the last few years anyway. So like you said, part of it has been because of the one and done. If you notice throughout the NCAA tournament these last few years, it's always been those mid-major teams that pulled out the upsets, not just pull up upsets and banks in the next round, but they have gone to the Sweet 16s, to the Elite Eights. Not so much the Final Four, although you could put Texas Tech in there. They made it to the championship game last year. And Virginia, too, even though they're part of a big college, but no one expected a school like Virginia. Let's be honest here. You, you don't think Virginia as a basketball school. Like you said, like, you know, you, meant, you mentioned the Dukes and Kentuckys and Kansas and teams like that. Those teams haven't gotten there every year over the last few years. So those mid-majors have really – benefited for the one and done, which is I haven't seen in terms of championships, but in terms of success, and especially in March Madness, you've definitely have seen that over the last few years. We look, at, we look at Villanova. I mean, those two, two championships that they won the last few years. I mean, a lot of those guys were three and four year, four year guys. Mm -hmm. Virginia had a lot of three and four year guys. Um, maybe the, maybe like the one like recent that was probably Duke, where they had like Okafor and Tyus Jones and those guys, Justice Winslow. Those, a lot of those guys were one and dones, but the rest of the time, you know, in these last few years, it's been mostly like veteran, mm -hmm. veteran teams. So, are we going to be seeing a lot more of that? We'll see. I mean, it's going to be when the NBA gets rid of this one and done rule. I think you're still going to continue to see that. Now, you, you're still going to have your, a few blue chippers, <clears throat> excuse me, that will go to Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky's, but you won't see as many, <clears throat> excuse me, you won't see as many because, like you, like you said, because uh, now you have this uh, valuable option to join the G League. Like I said, there's only going to be so many spots open for that option. But yeah, I think it, it's going to be potential problems up the road for college basketball. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Drink some water. <laughs> you drink some water. So, like, you need some, like, dry throat there. Ah. <laughs> better. Feeling much better. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's – yeah, you might be right about that. I mean, Cole Anthony has officially – you know, decided he's going to go to the M NBA draft. He'd be a lottery pick. Didn't have the best season this year for North Carolina with injuries. And the fact yeah. that North Carolina just wasn't very good this year. Where do you see him landing, perhaps? Ooh, I think he's still going to be a top 10 pick. Uh, I'm sure he's going to slide down a couple of spots, as you mentioned, like Keenan, because of, of the injury. And like uh, like you said, Carolina wasn't that good. That's the fall of Warrior Williams, even though he was criticizing his players off and on in the media all season long. That's part of your – that was your fault, too, for relying on one guy. You recruited those players to come play for you in that school, and they weren't living up to your expectations. That's not totally their fault. It was yours. 
But back to Cole Anthony, I'm sure he's still going to be a top five, top ten pick. Uh, so he, he 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 shouldn't have too much of a problem being selected. I'll be surprised if he falls out of the top ten. Yeah, yeah, I like the fact that War. I think I think this thing's kind of like War with I'm talking about has kind of walked back from those comments. <laughs> like yeah. this is a guy. Yeah, this is a guy that's been doing this for like 40 years now, over 40 years. So I think he he understands. And the good thing is that with the season ended the way it did, I think he, you know North Carolina has kind of pretended. Let's pretend this season never happened. Let's pretend it never happened. <laughs> Let's just pretend that never happened. <laughs> um, okay, gotta give a shout out to WNBA, WNBA. Their draft is tonight. Sabrina Nesky will be going number one, no doubt about it. So, real good luck to those ladies. And I'm sure a lot of them probably were disappointed that they couldn't, you know, play in the NCAA tournament, perhaps maybe, you know, win a national championship. But good luck to those ladies. And, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll be doing just fine with where they go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching a little bit of it tonight. If you're the NFL, I'll say this quickly. If you're the NFL, watch how the WNBA handles, handles it because if they're, if whatever mistakes they make, should they make any, uh, you need to tighten up your, uh, your short end so it won't happen to you next Thursday for your live event. Yeah, and they're going to do something very similar as well. So let's see. We'll see how the WA does it with theirs. And if there's no, there's, if it goes on without a hitch and there's no glitches, then they'll be, then the, you know, the NFL should be looking forward to what they're going to do next week. Um, okay, anything else you want to, like, you know, you want to get to before we talk about the last dance? Uh, let's see. Real quick, and it's only because it's on my mind right now. Um, uh, as you guys uh, listened to our show last week, I left you guys with a teaser about the uh, show or shows that you've been watching outside of sports since we've been at the stay of home order. Uh, have you heard of this documentary called America to Me? I see, yeah. Stars, uh, yeah, a couple years ago. I binge watched that uh, last week. And it's a very good series. It was on Stars a couple years ago from um, 2018. It was following a about seven to eight students for the Oak Park River Forest uh, campus. Uh, that's a high school, very diverse high school outside of Chicagoland area in, in the suburbs. And it was following these students um, during the 2014-15 school year. And they were talking about how the students got along with one another, the culture there. Has anything changed from the, from the time the school opened uh, some 40, 50 uh, years ago? Uh, we all know that Oak Park is a very progressive area, a lot of diversity, mm-hmm. and that's what we see in our country, uh, in our country here in the United States today. And so they kind of really go into the perspective of not only black students in particular, but, you know, white students, Asian students, Hispanic students. So it was kind of interesting to see um, different personalities and different perspectives from the students' eyes themselves. Nobody else was telling their stories, but uh, the, those students, were speaking uh, on their unique experiences. Also, you got to see uh, behind the scenes of what the teachers had to go through because we all know, unfortunately, teachers don't get paid enough for what they had to deal with, especially in today's society. And number two, you know, the politics behind it. Uh, we all know it's a mess, but when you look at that documentary, we have a chance, please check it out. But uh, the stuff they had to deal with with the school boards behind the scenes, uh, it's not very pretty, and they don't always get their way. Yeah, and I think that's still happening, unfortunately, in some parts mm-hmm. of the country. So, 
that that doesn't surprise me, especially in a place like Oak Park, where, like you said, it is becoming more diverse in the last, I think the last like 20 years since we've probably been in high school, Sid. So yeah. it, it's it's sort of like sad that it's it's hap it's happened there. And unfortunately, like I said, it is still happening in some areas of the country. So that's definitely something to look out for as well. If you haven't looked chance, watch the Al Jarreau, uh TV One special on Sunday. I saw that last week. Great episode. It was, yes, it was, yes, it was yes. a really good episode. So yes. but but to sort of like kind of piggyback that I saw a friend I posted on uh Facebook that Tama Hopkins, who's a veteran uh actress and singer. They should do an unsung on her because I really think that she would definitely have some tea to spill. I remember her uh, very quick. I remember her, of course, of course she was on, uh, on, on the TV sitcom, uh, Give Me a Break in the 80s with uh, the late Nell Carter. And then, of yep. course, a couple years later, she was on the Family Matters uh, during the 90s. So she's a very, like I said, talented actress and singer. So. Like I said, TV One's been stepping up with their documentaries. Hopefully, they can pick up a new season of Unsung Hollywood. I've really been enjoying those over the last few years that they um, aired those episodes. They, like you said, they they did one on Tupac, just him being an actor. Yep. They also, I think they did Ice T. They did a yep. different world. Yep. They did um, Making Good, Uncle mm -hmm. Hollywood. They did Cooley High. Yep. And so uh, they've they've really been stepping up their game. And tell would be a, be a good thing for both the regular unsung and unsung Hollywood too. So mm -hmm. kill two birds with one stone there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, so that's something that that BT isn't doing, but that's a whole other issue. So I'll, I'll uh, say oh, my yeah, that's, a, that's a whole other podcast. Exactly. Oh, BT, exactly. <laughs> like the or probably the, the worst programming. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. We can talk about right. that later. <laughs> later date, Sid, but. Uh, one documentary that I'm sure a lot of people will be watching and will be watching, or at the very least DVR, and that is The Last Dance. It chronicles those last few years of the Bulls champion, those last three years of the Bulls championships. This was actually supposed to air in June before the NBA Finals, but with this, with, you know, being no sports and there's an out, there was a public outcry on Twitter, they decided to re-air it. ESPN has like accelerated and it will start airing this Sunday on ESPN. It's actually gonna. It's actually interesting because they're gonna show the more like family friendly version on ESPN too, and on ESPN they're gonna show like all like with all the swear words and all like everything. So you know, just, like that just comedy like, jam. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like a friendly reminder. So like if you if you have kids, you know, young kids or maybe even older kids are gonna be watching this. Let them watch the ESPN two uh, feed. Yeah. <laughs> on ESPN. Just yeah. a just a little note there. But uh, mm -hmm. what are you looking forward to uh, with this new doc? Uh, we were both fans uh, growing up in Chicago in the 90s, so we know most of this stuff, not everything, but most of this stuff, because uh, back then, especially for our younger uh, listeners, uh, we still had radio, TV, newspaper, slash magazine back then. Yep. In 1998, uh, the internet was just growing slowly. It was definitely not in my home until I got out of college, but it, that was a few years later, but that's all another issue, but uh, information was at a premium back then. Now with today with social media, you can get everything off your cell phone, not just your computer anymore. It's off your cell phones. We didn't even have cell phones back then. There was no, you barely had car phones, and not everybody had that. But with that being said, I just want to see what's the what was the real story behind the, the scenes. Uh, we we heard the stories like uh, this was the last dance. Um, did Jerry Cross say what he what he really said? If Phil Jackson went 82 and 0, uh, he wasn't coming back. Did he was he joking about that? Did he really mean that? Um, uh, what was the, some of the internal issues behind the scenes 
with Jordan and his teammates. You know, we heard stuff here and there throughout the years. Now we get be able to see it. And I want, I'm just interested to see also to how Jordan uh, de, uh, des, uh, describe himself now looking back because it's been 22 years. Um, how vulnerable he's going to be, he's going to be in, in telling uh, what went on at that time because he was the number one person in the NBA, also the number one play, um, figure in sports. So uh, because he doesn't talk much until now, I just wanted to see how he, does he look at himself now from 22 years ago. You know, what's changed, you know, what well, he's done things differently, the age that he is now from uh, what, when he was playing. So I want to see uh, also comments from other players because if you saw the, the promos of the documentary, um, they had other uh, ex-players in there too, like the Kimbe Mutombo and the now late Kobe Bryant, which is, I don't know, we caught the story that uh, his uh, segments were, uh, were recorded just before he tragically passed. So I want to see how, uh, how they uh, betray those um, former players or how they saw the Bulls in their eyes back then as, as they were playing against Jordan and those Bulls and those teams back then. Yeah, I can imagine. I can probably imagine what some of that stuff was back then, because you, you read things, you hear things, and I mm -hmm. want to see like from the from the horses' mouths themselves. I exactly. want to hear from them. I want to hear how Scotty felt having to, you know, with that that final that famous final play where he sat out and and Kugoc ended up taking that final shot. How yeah. do you really feel about that? Does he regret that? Um, and also, like, what did Michael and Scotty really get along? Because there was, because we've heard stories where there have been times where they they didn't like each other, they just didn't. And some of like the other players, you know, how Rodman and his crazy antics, how they really, how some of the players, other players, really felt about his his uh, antics, and how how did Kraus and Phil Phil not, you know, did they what was there some was there always an animosity or did it kind of did it just grew over time? And you know, I, I saw a friend of mine, a friend of my, our friend uh, Sean Sean Davis does great work for ESPN uh, 1000. Was great guy, there. great guy. Yeah. Yes, he is. He is a terrific guy. And he said that well, this this doc's gonna show get Bulls fans to hate Jerry Krause all over again. So I, I'm wondering <laughs> I'm what sure he's gonna bring up some uh, some old feelings yeah. for us as Bulls fans here in Chicago. For those of you that didn't obviously didn't experience it across the country, I know uh, most of our most of our listeners who are our age that just that didn't experience it living here in Chicago, you just watched against their own NBC or Turner back then. You know, you didn't get the the front seat vibe as we did when we were kids. And this exactly. is going to be interesting to see, and especially for our younger viewers as well. I know there's a debate on who's the greatest of all time in this era, Kobe or LeBron. For those are our younger viewers, they get to see Michael Jordan. I know there's YouTube out there. Congratulations. I'm glad you're looking at the clips, but you really get to see what made Michael Jordan. Um, and I hope people really pay attention to that. And also it'll get to like those, the, all those rumors that we've been, that we read or hear about Sid that we talked about, like, you know, we, we, we mentioned you know, just, just a minute ago that, you know, was there a lot of jealousy? Was there a lot of animosity between mm -hmm. everybody? Was this, could they have gone on to win more championships had everybody stayed together? How did they really feel about maybe Jordan, you know, leaving and then coming back? Are they going to get into that? There are like, That's listen, a good there were, one. That is a good one, yeah. There have been, like, a lot of various rumors going around us on the various things that happened, these conspiracy theories, if you will. Will they talk about that? 
will they admit anything or are we going to be hearing something that we haven't heard before or read about before so yeah this is what i'm looking forward to this because this is going to be like one of those things where i'm sure it's going to get very big ratings for espn mm -hmm. i'm sure it's probably going to be like the top rated show probably on cable for the night yeah probably not probably not all the television because you got some other shows are going to be on showing new episodes but i think on the cable side this will definitely be those will definitely break records because i think that mm -hmm. People want to see something, and this is going to be like a good warm-up to the NFL draft next week. Exactly. I think uh, if we weren't in this situation right now, there was going to draw a big rating anyway. So, but like you said, with m most of the uh, country uh, being home and, and, the, and the hype around it and with it being moved up, yeah, like you said, it's going to be a high rated, highest-rated TV show. Uh, hopefully, it'll be some of those stupid network TV shows, but we'll see about that. But definitely, it'll be number one as far as cable is concerned. Yeah, and it could be interesting to see how all these all these uh, reporters. You know, we saw Michael Wilbon. You know, he was there for all for all of this. Um, you know, Sam Smith. I'm sure will probably have something to say about that as well because he was there for the cover all for a lot of these teams. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and I'm sure you know, Marv Albert. I'm sure you know because he he you know he called some a lot of these these uh these playoff games for the Bulls. So right. it's gonna be very hey, interesting. Yeah, except for the final season where he got in trouble, yeah. and people can Google that themselves. Yeah, well, I'll say yeah. I'll say. <laughs> right. Different people climates. Can that for themselves. Yeah, I'll say but, different but climates. But he did buy those six championship uh, seasons for NBC. Yeah, my yeah, my Breen did that that last year. A very young Mike no, Breen. Actually, did. Um, Bob Costas. Oh, Costas did that. Yeah. Or was mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because he did. He did. Okay, Bree did like the last couple years for for NBC, you know, lost the tape. Okay, yeah, it all makes sense now. See, all mm -hmm. these years are all listen. See, all the years are kind of like all <laughs> together now. <laughs> I think Cox was there somewhere. Well, right? those, those Cox is what the Jordan shot against you. Those, yes, yes. <laughs> we definitely got a yes if it was Marv Albert, but we didn't get to hear that song. But yeah, no, we didn't, song. unfortunately. So yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure Cox will be there too. I'm sure they're gonna be talking to Cox yeah. too. Um, Magic, I'm sure I saw Magic Johnson. I sure I saw I saw Akeem. You know, there. Listen, those Rockets teams benefited from that from Jordan not being yeah. there for two years. Oh yeah, they benefited from that. So, oh, also congrats, also congrats to Reton Jarvis for getting into the Hall of Fame finally, the Basketball yeah. Hall of Fame finally. So, all the Hall of Famers. Um, I think I just talked about it uh, last week, but uh, you know, to Kobe, to Tim Duncan, and KG, who I think doesn't get his due, but that's uh, again, mm -hmm. that's a whole other issue another another um podcast um eddie sutton you know a veteran college coach who you know unfortunately has taken a turn for the worst these last couple of years so you know I'm, I'm i'm glad that he got in finally um kim mulkey you know who was a great player you know a great assistant coach and a head coach so yeah so and congrats and also to me catchings from right here from suburban chicago so she has had a great career too so congrats to all the hall of fairs to me a chance to do it last mm -hmm. week but uh back to the last dance um yeah i'm looking forward to see are we gonna be hearing like more and more like stories that we didn't know about i mean that's gonna be like you know the nightlife you know dennis robin's life level alone will probably be one part alone <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably be just one episode <laughs> oh yeah 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 they, i think because they really think they really they kind of told it if you watched in 30 for 30 they kind of told it but it wasn't really the focus so but like you say if they've just focusing on just his nightlife. I was like, that will be just one of us right there. Forget what he did on the floor. <laughs> uh, for, for our younger viewers, real quick, 
he was a pop culture figure back yep. then. Like you said, the internet was just barely taking off at that time. He was seen on Entertainment Tonight, Essex Hollywood was just starting at that time. He was on all these entertainment shows. He was guest starring on um, one of Crystal Waters' uh, dance tracks back in the day, yeah. which I almost forgot about. But he was a pop star. And, and you had more people that didn't give a damn about sports and basketball that just loved this Romney because of the way he presented him, himself. He had more people that were fans of him that had nothing to do with sports than us as sports fans. That's how big he was back then. Well, listen, if, if Twitter had been around back then, I mean, he was already a cult figure, so mm -hmm. oh, I don't yeah. think that he probably, Instar would have been even bigger, you know, if Twitter oh, had been yeah. around back then. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, like you said, that's probably one episode alone, his antics. I'm sure there were antics when, you know, he was doing it in Chicago. We saw mm -hmm. it. We saw it firsthand, Sid, so I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Uh, Bill Weddington has shared a couple of uh, interesting stories, too. I've, I've seen him make the rounds. Yeah, since unfortunately he, he is having anything to do right now. Um, he's making the rounds too. I thought Judd Bushler was on um, ESPN 1000 earlier, so looking forward to see what he says. So yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to hear from everybody, from you know Luke Longley, all all those guys. I'm looking forward to see what what they guys say and you know what 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 was their mindset? You know how much they were hate that team was hated by a lot of the people, a lot of the other teams in the NBA, and a lot of the other players as well. Um, I actually fell for the Seattle Supersonics because I was a, that, I think that was their best shot to win. Yeah, what happened uh, the following summer when they traded Sean Kemp because they yep. refused to give him a contract extension. Exactly. Well, that's, a whole issue. that's another whole another story. So yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to see what they have. I wonder if they talk to him. I wonder how how he feels about everything. So it's gonna be very this is gonna be a very interesting uh, special these next few weeks because. Like you said, with nothing really much on television, I think that this is going to be something people's go to entertainment for entertainment. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, especially living through uh, that time as you have Lakina and watching about just about every game, regular season, playoffs, um, preseason, everything, just following. what and, and especially during that during that time, sports radio is already in effect, especially here in Chicago. Um, with one station in particular, uh, uh, six, now 670, uh, being 24 hours, they just switched to 24 hours, I think the year before in 97, we were talking about the score. Yeah. Um, and uh, so sports radio uh, across the country, not just nationally, but locally, was starting to take place at that time. And so, uh, like I mentioned before, information was at a premium. You could only um, uh, get certain stuff from certain outlets. Now, like you say, with social media, it's everywhere. So. And I don't know how much time we got left, Lakina, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this uh, cliffhanger for next week, especially when we review the, uh, the first episode. Do you think, and you don't have to answer this now, but I'll leave a question for our, our listeners and for you for next week. Do you think that Michael Jordan would have survived uh, today's climate if social media was out back then? I'll leave it as a cliffhanger. Oh, you will. Hmm. I've thought about, listen, you can think about it with a lot of these players. I mean, him, mm -hmm. Magic, Bird. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Bird wouldn't have had a, wouldn't have had a Twitter account. Um, I, I, listen, I'm sure Cornbread and Maxwell would have had one. <laughs> I, can, listen, I can picture, we can picture like some players from those from that area. <laughs> you, know, no, no, you know, you know, he likes to talk. He still, he still does, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, he does the Celtics games on the radio. Yep. Does a great job, and uh, yeah, I can only imagine what he would stories that he would tell. And listen, 
you can you can probably say with a lot of these guys, like with Magic and Bird as well. Well, Bird probably wouldn't have ever had a Twitter account, but right. he doesn't. I agree on Bird, yeah. He probably well, he doesn't. Um, yeah, I'm sure Cormac Maxwell would have had one. I'm sure Michael Cooper would have had one. Happy birthday, birthday to Michael Cooper. He just he just had a birthday earlier this week. Him and Andy Green should both be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he should. Yeah, they, yeah, he should. Yeah, I don't think he gets his due. Uh, also, Kareem, happy birthday to Kareem. His birthday was a couple yeah, of days yeah. ago. I, I don't, Kareem actually has a Twitter account now. I'll let people find that odd. But yeah, he's, he's actually mm-hmm. a pretty good follow on Twitter. So check him out. Uh, yeah, that is interesting, though. I think that's a, that is interesting. That is very interesting. I, I, I wonder if back then, uh, excluding Dennis Rodman, I think he uh, I, I think he does now, but excluding Dennis Rodman, do you think that any of those bad boy Pistons teams would have had, members of those bad boy Pistons teams would have had Twitter accounts? Well, I know Isaiah has one. Isaiah Thomas, no, he has one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do you think that Bill and Beer? I, I, I doubt I don't it. Think so. Do you think that? Do you think that Rick Moore would have had one? Vinny probably. Johnson. Vinny Johnson. Maybe he probably wouldn't tweet much though. I don't think Vinny would have tweeted much though. I don't think. Mark Aguirre. <laughs> well, he listen. He threw his basketball like into like where, where was it? Like in the river? Somebody's river, like in Chesapeake Bay or something like that. After that game, game against St. Joe's, where DePaul lost that year in the in the tournament, they were supposed to have gone all the way to, to the title, to the title game or to the final four. At least he threw his. Yeah. That ended up going like the Chesapeake Bay. It's an old story. Look that up, folks. If those of you who don't know what, what we're talking about here, but uh, yeah, mm, again, probably saying they probably wouldn't have tweeted much. <laughs> You're probably right. No, it's just a thought. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up, Sid? I'm looking forward to this documentary on Sunday with the last dance, just like everybody else. Uh, tune in to Sega City Sports Zoolistown as we'll give you our Cisco and Ebert thoughts of the documentaries, <laughs> and we'll talk about everything else in between, and we'll go on from there. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the draft this week. I want to see if there are going to be any glitches. Is someone going to mess up? Or probably, you know, is Goodell not going to be able to get his emails on time? I can make sure everything's organized. So yeah, that's I'm looking forward to that too. So yeah, it's gonna be a lot coming up. Hopefully, Jason will be able to join us next week. But we're not gonna dwell on it if he doesn't, because I'm sure he's he's working a lot. So for Sid, yeah, we love you. We miss you, Jason. So hopefully, you can join us again soon. Uh, the snow is actually starting to melt <laughs> on the Yay. roof. Of so yeah, so uh, so be good to each other, folks, and you know, stay inside. Don't listen to listen to the experts. Listen to Dr. Fauci. This is Dr. Burks. Don't listen to other people. I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> First said, I'm Lakin. This has been Second City Sports Zoom Style. Stay See you next home. week. Holla. <laughs> See you next week. Watch Last Dance, folks. See you.